Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, June 21st, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the NBA draft, which was last night on Thursday night, which is why y'all listening to me on a Friday. Usually, as you know, the schedule on this show is Mondays and Thursdays, but because the NBA draft was last night on a Thursday night, I decided to hold off until Friday morning to record the second podcast of the week. So I'll react to the top stories of the NBA draft, and then here in Boston, we had our eyes on what the Celtics were going to do, and the Celtics ended up making four picks in the draft as well as a few trades, and uh, the Celtics, they were in the news all week. Earlier in the week, we had the news that Al Horford will not be returning to the Boston Celtics. I will react to that. If you did not read my column in this week's Boston Metro, or my column in the Metro this week, then uh, you don't know yet how I feel about Al Horford moving on from the Celtics or how this all went down. And of course, as we know, Kyrie Irving is most likely not coming back either. So the Celtics in kind of a strange spot, but I'm here to tell you why it's not necessarily a bad spot for the Celtics. I'm going to react to all of that. And then some baseball news. There was a trade, really a blockbuster trade, at least for one team in Major League Baseball, that I did not mention on Monday's show. So I'm going to talk about that. The Yankees just got a whole lot better offensively, and I don't really know what they gave up to get that much better. So um, I'll talk about that. And then another baseball story, which is kind of wacky, that broke yesterday on Thursday. Is Montreal getting a baseball team again? As you know, they had the Montreal Expos. Are they getting a team again in Major League Baseball? Is Montreal getting a baseball team again? I'll react to that and tell you what that wacky news is that everybody in the baseball world is talking about. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. I see why would you possibly suffer through boredom with the fantasy baseball league where you have the same team and the same lineup every single day. You need to stop paying attention to that and download the DraftKings app and play daily fantasy baseball. You can put together a different lineup every single day for a chance to win cash prizes every single night. And you can play for free when you sign up and make your first deposit. Using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Friday, June 21st, as we await summertime weather in New England. Haven't really had it yet. We've been teased with a couple days that I guess you could consider to be beach days, though I think people are just stretching it, right? I mean, people are going to the beach Last weekend, it was like 73 to 75 degrees and sunny, or some might want to call it potly cloudy with some sun here and there. We've yet to have like that 80, 85 degree sunny day. And usually by this time, we've had that sunny 
85-degree day. We haven't had it yet. We might get it this weekend, but we're still waiting. You know, we've had a lot of rain, a lot of clouds, a lot of gloom and doom. And when you step away from the weather report and you get to the NBA report from the NBA draft last night, I think a lot of people in Boston went into the NBA draft thinking that possibly Danny Ainge had an opportunity to get a little crazy. The Celtics entered the draft last night with three first-round picks and one second-round pick. So they had 14 overall, 20 overall, 22 overall. Those are the first-round picks, 14, 20, and 22. And then their second-round pick was 51 overall. And, you know, I didn't expect the Celtics to make four picks. I didn't. I expected them to make some type of trade, maybe packaging 14 with 20 and moving up a little bit, um, you know, and possibly even trading for some type of veteran player, knowing that you're going to lose Al Horford. Again, I'll react to Al Horford stuff in just a second, but the most timely thing right now is what happened at the NBA draft. And from a Celtics perspective, they went into the night with number 14, number 20, number 22, and number 51. At 14, they made the pick. They drafted Romeo Langford from Indiana. Now, do I know anything about Romeo Langford? No, I don't. So I'm not going to waste your time and sit here and try to project. You know, the most frustrating thing about watching the draft last night was that they had a comparison for everybody, which is one of the dumbest things you'll see, right? Like, it's one. It really is one of the dumbest things you'll see. It was the Chauncey Billups and the Jalen Rose comparisons where they would compare somebody that got drafted to somebody who's currently in the NBA. Or did they did they compare them to people who are no longer in the NBA, like people who have retired? I, anyways, any comparison that you do is just ridiculous. Who do you really want to sit here and waste your time and compare Romeo Langford to? I know that I don't want to do that with anybody. I don't want to compare him to anybody. We're just going to have to wait and see. But that's who the Celtics took. He can can handle the ball. You know, he can play. He can be a guard. He can be a a wing player. I mean, that's basically it. We don't know really anything about him. He's a tough kid, they say. He battled through injury. All right, fine. The Celtics made the pick at number 14 overall. I'm not going to lie. I thought they would package that maybe with 20 or 22 and try to move up a little bit. They could not do that. So they drafted Romeo Langford from Indiana at number 14. Then they traded their next pick. They traded number 20 to Philadelphia. And in return, got so they, they traded back. They did the Bill Belichick. They traded number 20 overall to Philadelphia for, number, for picks number 24 and, and 33. So they traded 20, and they received 24 and 33. Then they traded 24 along with Aaron Baines to Phoenix for a 2020 first-round pick, which is via Milwaukee. Phoenix got that in the Eric Bledsoe trade. So the Celtics, I know if, you, if this gets confusing, maybe just Google it, but I'm trying to do the best I can. So they trade the Celtics traded their number 20 overall pick to Philadelphia for 24 and 33. Then they took 24 from Philly and they sent that. They packaged 24 with Aaron Baines and sent 24 and Baines to Phoenix for a 2020 first round pick, which is actually going to be Milwaukee's first round pick. 
it's protected one through seven, but it's not going to be that. Milwaukee's going to be good, right? So it's not going to be that. So you're going to get the pick, right? You're going to get the pick. But if it is, if Milwaukee suffers injuries and they end up being terrible, and it's one, it, it's one through seven, it's protected. Milwaukee gets to keep it. Um. So, oh, excuse me, Phoenix gets to keep it, right? Either, whoever gets to keep it, it's protected one through seven, and then it's unprotected in 2021, where you'll get Milwaukee's pick in 2021. So they trade 24 and Aaron Baines. I think the story there is, forget about draft picks, is that they trade Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines, a $5.4 million player option that he recently picked up. And I like the fact that he picked, that that it looked like Aaron Baines was going to return. But this was clearly a move to clear salary cap space. That's what this was. This wasn't about getting the first round pick in 2020. This was about, you know, how can you clear space Get rid of this 5.4 mil. I think the only way we can react to this trade is if we see what the Celtics do with the salary cap space that they've freed up. Because after this trade to in which they sent Aaron Baines to Phoenix with number 24 overall, you look at the Celtics salary cap space. Without Kyrie and without Horford and now without Baines, the Celtics have 25.8 million in salary cap space. Which could increase to 34 million if they don't bring back Terry Rozier, I expect them to bring Rozier back, though. I really do. I expect them to bring Rozier back. So I'm going to look at that and say they're going to have $25.8 million in cap space. Some people are saying they're going to target Vucevic from Orlando, 7-footer. 28-year-old 7-footer, average 20 and 13. Got some athleticism. You know, you've seen him carve up the Celtics a couple times. Uh... Am I saying his name right? I believe I am. I've heard people say his name in in two different ways. But I'm going with the way I know. Vucevic from Orlando. Is that the guy that the Celtics are going to sign? He's a free agent? I I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I'd I'd take him. I'd like to see what that contract... I'd like to see what he's going to be asking for. But, um, you know, if the money is right, I would certainly make that signing. But... Getting rid of Aaron Baines, I think that's that's a salary cap move. So that's what the Celtics do. They trade 24 and Aaron Baines to Phoenix for a 2020 first-round pick, which will be via Milwaukee. Um, and then the Celtics, they made their picks. They drafted Grant Williams at number 22 overall from Tennessee. Grant Williams from Tennessee. And then they drafted Carson Edwards from Purdue at 33. So you remember watching Purdue in the... In the tournament, Carson Edwards at times was lighting it up. Is he going to light it up in the NBA? I have no idea. I have no idea. But they get Carson Edwards at number 33 from Purdue. And then they draft Tremont Waters from LSU at number 51. Am I going to spend a lot of time breaking down Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, and Tremont Waters? No, I'm not. The only one I've actually watched was Carson Edwards. Because, like I said, at times he lit it up in the NCAA tournament. But that, you know, you can light it up in the NCAA tournament, and that does not mean it's translating in the NBA. We've seen that before. We've seen that play out before, where a guy crushes it in the tournament and doesn't do anything in the NBA. So who knows what this is? Who knows? The Celtics, you get away from the draft from a Celtics perspective, and... 
The biggest story all week is the Al Horford story. You could say it's the Kyrie Irving story because that is ongoing, and I guess officially we still don't know what Kyrie Irving is going to do. We really don't, officially. But unofficially, what do we all believe is going to happen, especially based on reports and rumors? We believe that he is not returning. And if you put a gun to my head right now and you said, does Kyrie Irving come back to the Celtics? I would tell you, no. There's no there's no chance in hell that that happens. There's no chance in hell that Kyrie Irving returns to the Celtics. All right? There's no chance. You've even heard reports that there are other teams that don't really know how to feel about Kyrie Irving because of the way it went down with the Celtics. So there are some teams maybe getting cold feet on Kyrie. I don't know... Yeah, I don't know how much I believe that report. That might be some type of public negotiation playing out. I have I have no idea. Um, but if I'm the Celtics, I've been telling you this for a long time. The Kyrie Irving experiment is over. You just got to let that go. I don't think Kyrie wants to come back. And if you're the Celtics, at some point you got to say, you know what? We're better off without you. That sounds crazy. If you did something in the playoffs, maybe we'd feel differently, but you didn't against Milwaukee. You sucked against Milwaukee. So why are we going to put up with the bullshit during the season? Just the strangeness from you. Why do we even want to deal with that drama? Sorry. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to put all our eggs in that basket and try to bring you back. It's We're just going to move on. That's what the Celtics should do. That's what I think they're going to do. I do not think Kyrie Irving's going to be back. However, that's not official yet. So I guess that's something that's still up in the air. The Al Horford stuff is the news that broke during the week after I recorded Monday's podcast, so I did not get to react on this show to that. However, I did write a column in the Boston Metro this week, which was released on Thursday, yesterday. And the lead to the column, my first sentence in the column was, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Because that's how I feel about Al Horford telling the Celtics, Thanks, but no thanks. I'm opting out. And not only am I opting out, but I'm moving on. The initial reports on Al Horford and a potential opt-out, what was he scheduled to make? $30 million? Just over $30 million in the final year of his deal with the Celtics? We heard towards the end of the season there were reports that Al Horford could opt out with the purpose of re-signing a deal with the Celtics, you know, you know, signing another three, signing a three-year deal, but helping the Celtics, helping them with their salary cap number, giving them some salary cap relief. You know, saying, "All right, I'm scheduled to make thirty mil next season, but to help us with the salary cap, I'd rather take a long, give me more years and less money per year. All right, I'll take less average annual value if you will give me th- if you'll add three years to my deal." And you could say he'd he'd opt out and and then sign a three-year deal worth, what, I don't know, 24, 25 million a year instead of 30 and help them that way, give them an extra five, six, seven million in salary cap space to, to work with this summer to maybe help the team add something. That was the initial report. So at first when I heard that Al Horford was opting out, I didn't necessarily think he was running. I thought it was one of two things. One, 
like I just said, he was going to sign a deal with, you know, his intentions were to sign a deal with the Celtics, a three-year deal in which he'd give them some salary cap relief. And actually, that was the, you know, once he opted out, Woj even put it out there that that was his intention. Um, So I thought it was either that, he was going to help the Celtics with their salary cap and take less average annual in return for multiple years on the contract, add in more years, or he was going to opt out with the purpose of signing a new deal with the Celtics and getting traded to a team that he thought had a better chance to win right now. A sign-in trade, if you will. And, you know, we had talked about Houston and a possible move for Clint Capella. And, you know, maybe there was something else out there that could be done. Another move that could be made. But I, I didn't think, the story I did not think we were going to hear was that Al Horford would opt out and then him and his agent, Jason Glesson, would not be able to come to terms with the Celtics, that they would be too far apart. That Al Horford would opt, opt out with the Celtics for his final year at 30 mil and then go to the Celtics and say, yeah, I want a four-year deal. Now I want a four-year deal worth $31, $32 million a year. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. And if you're the Celtics, and since that's what happened, you know, you got to put your foot down and say, look, Al, what's he, 33? Is that how old Al Horford is? He's in his 30s. You know, he's dealt with some injuries. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, we could criticize him all we want about what it looks like when he's playing. I think we know what type of leader Al Horford is. I think you know the contributions he's going to make. There is no way the Celtics should be sitting there in a, and having any type of bidding war for Al Horford services. I'm sorry. Look, I enjoyed Al Horford on the Celtics. I did. I thought that, you know, the people who would really criticize him um, for, you know, maybe not doing what the salary says he should do at, 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 a, at a $30 million a year salary... Like, I, I thought Al maybe got a little too much heat because I, I, I did think a lot of the stuff Al Horford did, it didn't always show up in the box score. Uh, it wasn't always the sexy highlight on SportsCenter Top 10. You know, he wasn't, he's not the most athletic cat in the league. And he's not somebody that is making headlines for the wrong reasons. He's just, he's not a real polarizing figure. And, and because of that, in this league... You know, I, I think that sometimes people would expect more from him than he would than he was ever going to provide you. But I also think that he gave these people more than they actually knew he was given. So there was just something about Al Horford. I, I really enjoyed his his time with the Celtics. I thought he helped this team from a leadership perspective and on the court. You know, I thought his shot blocking ability was really underrated. I did. I thought his shot blocking ability in big spots especially was underrated. But as much as I enjoyed his time with the Celtics, I'm not going to sit here. He's not the type of guy I am going to sit here and cry over because he's leaving. Especially the way he's going out. In which he's going out saying, not only am I opting out, but I want a four-year deal worth just as much, if not more, than what I was making previously. And to that I say, you know what? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Don't. Don't. From Kyrie Irving 
to everything else that happened with this Celtics team, and maybe this is me being spoiled, but I'm at the point with I'm to the point where the Celtics need, I would like them to take a step back and go, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's handle this thing the Patriot the way the Patriots would handle this thing, which is there's a sign on the wall that says if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be. Al Horford, you know, it it was a a joy to have you on this team. Like we, you, you really did help out. We could use your leadership moving forward. But I mean, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be, and you are replaceable. Al Horford's replaceable. If you're sitting there today telling me that Al Horford is not replaceable, especially his leadership. I mean, you can replace leadership. Let's not sit here and and go nuts over losing leadership. Yeah, it's going to be a tough loss, just in a vacuum. But you can add leadership, okay? And it doesn't even need to be that expensive. So let's not get nuts over losing leadership. You can figure that out. I mean, you might be able to figure that out with the guys you have. So let's not get nuts over that. I I just think that Al Horford, while he was a nice piece to the puzzle, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'm not losing sleep over losing Al Horford, and I don't think the Celtics should either. I really don't think the Celtics should either. You know, it might sound like I'm knocking him on the way out the door, but but I think for the most part, what I want to stress is that when I tell you that I'm not going to lose sleep over losing Al Horford. I don't. It might sound like a knock on him, but I think it's more so praise for the kids that they have, for the kids that they have. What was the plan? People have lost sight in this town. Like they think, oh, Kyrie's gone. Oh, Al Horford's leaving. Oh, it's falling apart. I mean, is it falling apart, or are we still waiting to see the plan? play out. I think people have lost sight of Danny Ainge's plan. They have. But but go back. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. The plan began when they were traded to Brooklyn. When the Celtics got the Brooklyn picks and we couldn't stop talking about the Brooklyn picks. Right? You know, the final Brooklyn pick was added to the trade to get Kyrie Irving. Knowing how it's ended, and how we think it's going to end with Kyrie just walking for nothing and Isaiah Thomas not walking through back through that door. At least if he does, he's not going to be, you know, the same player he was with the injuries. You know, forget about Isaiah Thomas for a minute. I think everybody would make, you should want to still make that trade a million times over. And the Brooklyn pick that you gave up then, it wasn't a, a, a number one overall pick, a number two overall pick, a, what was it, number eight overall? Is that what that pick ended up being? So don't lose sleep over that pick. The Brooklyn picks. What were the picks? What was the plan? Get a number one overall pick. Get a top three pick. You know, obviously you made the move to trade and you, you know, the, the Fultz trade and, and, and you get Tatum. Before that, you get Jalen Brown three overall. So you get Jalen Brown number three overall. You get Jason Tatum number three overall. And those two guys, that's the plan. That was the plan. You know, you sign Gordon Hayward to a contract. I still think that, you know, we don't know yet what that's, we don't know what that's going to be. I mean, I maybe Gordon Hayward, the best thing that ever happened to him was Kyrie and Al Horford leaving. 
maybe that's the best thing that ever happened to, to Gordon Hayward. We're going to find out. I still think we need to find out with him, especially coming back from that brutal injury. But the plan, when the Celtics traded Pearson Garnett to Brooklyn, we talked about these Brooklyn picks. Danny Ainge's plan was get a couple young studs. You know, if we can move these picks, maybe if there is a, a way we can move these picks and get that that superstar, you know, I, I think maybe they tried to do that with Kyrie with that other Brooklyn pick. But they knew the risk there. Danny Ainge knew the risk. He knew that the Celtics were not on his trade list. He hears the rumors and the whispers. He knows. But it's a trade you make a million times over. And, you know, the sad part about all of this for the Celtics is that Kyrie Irving is an absolute clown. That's not Danny Ainge's fault. That's not the Celtics' fault. That's not anybody in Boston's fault. People say people don't want to play in Boston. You know, that's on Kyrie. You're talking about a, a, a an NBA player who is an elite player who has done a couple wacky... If he signs with Brooklyn, it will go. he will go down as one of the weirdest dudes in NBA history. To demand a trade out of an organization that was a championship contender at the time with Cleveland while LeBron was still there. That's the first thing that he did. Then he leaves a historic franchise in the Celtics, who also could be a championship contender if he stayed. And then turns down an opportunity to probably play with a team like the Lakers. Now, the Lakers are trying to figure out their salary cap space. What do they got? Two guys on the roster right now. I, I know people are panicking about that. They'll figure it out. Okay? They'll figure it out. And if they don't figure it out behind the scenes, the NBA will figure it out for them. All right? They'll find a way. Believe me, they'll find a way. They were in, let's just get Anthony Davis. They were in, the, this, they were in this mode. This is the mode they were in, the Lakers. Let's get Anthony Davis, and then we'll figure everything out. Okay? Then we'll figure everything out. And I don't, while it might look like it's easy to knock Rob Palenka, it's easy to knock the Lakers now, it's going to be the sexy thing to do if, if they show some signs of struggling to fill in the roster because of salary cap implications. The easy thing, the sexy thing to do this offseason is going to be to knock the Lakers. Well, I'm just here to tell you they will figure it out. And I don't think they were stupid for doing what they did, which is get Anthony Davis and then figure everything out after the fact. It might look somewhat silly right now, but they're not going to look silly when it's all said and done. Okay? That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. But, uh, you know, they're trying to free up money. Who knows? For somebody else. For another max contract. Maybe it looks like Kyrie Irving could turn them down, too, in order to sign with Brooklyn. So, the, the, the worst thing for the Celtics right now is that Kyrie Irving turned out to be just an absolute clown. Okay? That's not the Celtics' fault. But you would make that trade a million times over. But they knew the risk that he could walk. Right? They knew that. And, but, but, but so, when you talk about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those are the real key pieces to Danny Ainge's plan. When he began this plan, when he made that trade with Brooklyn back in the, what, the summer of 2013. Pearson Garnett. We'll see you guys. Thanks. Thanks for everything you did, but it's time for us to rebuild, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to target a team that we think is going to give us either a number one pick or a number two pick or a top three pick multiple years in a row. And you know what? It happened. And the Celtics, they got the guys they wanted. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They still have those guys. They refused to give those guys up in a trade for Anthony Davis, which I think 
as I've been telling you, is a good move. Was a good move. Was a smart move. Yeah, they're going to lose Horford. Yeah, they're going to lose Kyrie. But don't lose sight of the fact that the plan was to have a couple kids who were top three picks and develop them into NBA All-Stars. That at some point, we're going to look at and go, oh, it's really about them. We were so worried about Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. This is about Tatum and Brown. This is now their team. And I'm okay with that. In fact, I want to see this. I want to see this. They, they teased us with this a couple of years ago. I have no problem with what's going on with the Celtics offseason. And I might sound like a green teamer. Is that what you call people who like to think logically? Is that what they call it? Is that what they call us? Now, I'm not always on board with everything they do. I'm not on board, always on board with everything they say. In fact, there's something that Danny Ainge said on draft night last night when he was talking with Kyle Draper on Comcast Sportsnet New England, or as they're calling it now, NBC Sports Boston, in which I don't agree with Danny Ainge because I think he's lying to our, he's lying right to our face. He sat there last night and he lied right to Drape's face. Right to Kyle Draper, right to his face. To the point where Kyle Draper didn't even know what to say. He was like... Uh, uh, all right, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Well, let me play the audio for you. Danny Ainge last night on NBC Sports Boston during the draft was asked about Kyrie Irving, the communication the team has had with Kyrie. You know, we have heard reports that Kyrie's ghosted on the Celtics. Uh, he's not really been uh, in communication with them, at least as much as the Celtics would like. He hasn't given any type of definitive answer. All we have heard are rumors and reports and... We've heard the Brooklyn Nets, we've heard the Knicks, we've heard the Lakers, we've heard he's leaving the Celtics. Danny Ainge was asked about all this, and I'm just telling you, he's lying to everybody. Here's what Danny Ainge had to say about his communication with Kyrie Irving recently this offseason. Danny, I I want to turn the attention a little bit to Kyrie, and I know you can't really talk much about it. Reports out there that he's ghosted the Celtics. Then there's another report that he's been communicative with you guys. How would you describe the level of contact with Kyrie since the season ended? Kyrie's been good. He's been he's returned calls. He's returned uh, messages. He's been he's been excellent. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, no, I'm glad you because yeah. we hear all the reports. And, and do you get tired of the speculation out there? We had Wick, you know, and Wick thinks it's fun. This is a great time of year. It's exciting, but it is exciting. But I think that. Um, you know, Kyrie has always been respectful with me. He, you know, our one-on-one relationship has been good, and he's been open and honest with me from from day one. So, I have no issues at all with Kyrie. And I think that, um, you know, all the speculation. No, I really don't pay that much attention to it. You're, so I didn't even know that that there, like, they ghosted us was even out there. I had no idea. Uh, so he's lying to you. I mean, he's lying. Danny Ainge is he's lying to everybody. Right? And, and that last line, that's how I know he's lying. He had no idea about the reports that Kyrie Irving was ghosting them. And so if he's lying about that, what else is he lying about? You know, he's like, oh, it's excellent. Communication has been excellent. I mean, he answers that as somebody that doesn't want to talk about that one. Two, he answers that like somebody who's lying, especially when he gives us that final line at the end. Well, I didn't even know there were reports that he was ghosting us or whatever you said. Really? Let me tell you how professional sports works. In fact, I mean, I I know this from personal experience dealing with public relations and media relations. Danny Ainge, 
Hi, he actually pays, the Celtics pay somebody whose job it is to make sure that Danny Ainge sees that report that Kyrie Irving is, was ghosting them. Like, for Danny Ainge to say he never saw that report is Danny Ainge lying to everybody because Danny Ainge has somebody that works for him who has one job, which is to make sure Danny Ainge sees a report like that. So if that's the first time Danny Ainge is hearing about that, either somebody should be getting fired today in the Celtics staff, media relations staff, or he's lying to you. I haven't heard that anybody's gotten fired, which means that he's lying to you. And if he's lying to you about that, he's probably lying to everything else. Lying about everything else with with Kyrie Irving. So I don't, look, I don't agree with everything the Celtics do, with everything the Celtics say. What I'm trying to tell you is this offseason with Al Horford now saying he's gone, Okay, he's off the books. His his money's off the books. Kyrie Irving saying, see ya. I know that leads a lot of people to panic and say, what? And then, then the Celtics, they don't make anything crazy happen last night. They actually get rid of a guy who you thought would, would be a leader of the team in Aaron Baines in order to free up cap space. I think we have to wait and see what they do with the cap space. Um... You know, they they make four picks last night. They take a couple guards. You're wondering, what are they doing? People are panicking, I think, about this team. And I'm just here to tell you, don't panic. Because you, you should not lose sight of the fact that if you're Danny Ainge, your plan is still in place. Which is that your plan is to have guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown run the show in this town with this Celtics team. And, and they're capable of doing it. And so, I'm actually excited to see this Celtics team be led by Brown and Tatum. You got Gordon Hayward, who's a veteran, who's going to provide leadership. Marcus Smart is going to provide some leadership. You know, they're probably going to bring in somebody from a leadership perspective. I don't think that's all that hard to find. You know, I don't think that's all that hard to find. Whether they make a move for someone like Clint Capella, though I don't know how they do that now. He's going to match salaries in a trade. I think Horford would have been your guy for that. So I think that might be off the table. Or maybe you sign someone in like uh, Vucevic from Orlando. Like I said, you know, he averages 20 points, 13 boards a game. He's got some athleticism. He's got some moves. He's carved up the Celtics a couple times. Depending on the money you're going to give him. You know, you add someone like that. Who's a veteran, 28, 29 years old? Um, you know, the, the the Eastern Conference can still be the Celtics Conference. I believe that. And I think they should bring back Terry Rozier. I know a lot of Celtics fans might roll their eyes at that comment. But I think if you break it down, it's not all that crazy. Yeah, you don't like the way Rozier went on ESPN and, and called out the team and said, you know, um, you know, if it's the same team returning, I'm not coming back. I I crushed him for the way he went about it. He went about it the wrong way. It's a young kid making a mistake, getting caught up in the media attention, the media spotlight. You know, wanted to promote his own brand. He's a restricted free agent. He got the wrong advice. But if we're going to break down his message, and if a lot of us are going to be sitting there going... Yeah, Kyrie, see ya. 
You know, we don't even, you know, we want, you You kind of ruined this team. Anyways, see you later. Well, if Terry Rozier is saying the same thing that we're saying, why are we going to knock Rozier and say, oh, we don't want him back? We don't want him back. I'm actually going to buy into his message more so than I am about the way he went about it. He went about it the wrong way. But that's immaturity. You know, you got to mature. You got you, you. How do you mature? You get older. I mean, it's that's human nature. And and Terry Rozier is somebody that obviously has a lot of pride in his own craft. And I'm not telling you he's going to be an all-star point guard. What I am telling you is that when he was on this team two years ago in the playoffs, along with Tatum and Brown, they were a team that was one win away from getting to the NBA Finals, without Haywood, without Irving. And if you don't want that guy back just because he went on ESPN, don't say it's because you 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 don't like the message he was sending. Well, the message he was sending is, is we I think we a lot of us in this town agree with it. Kyrie, see ya. So I think Rosia should be back. And so I don't think the Celtics are going to be in that bad of a spot. In fact, I think if Brown and Tatum are going to be the young players that Danny Ainge planned on them being, then I think the Celtics are going to be in a very good spot and they are going to surprise a whole lot of people. They are. They're going to surprise a whole lot of people. And I'm not panicking about this Celtics team. I'm just not. I'm not panicking about them. Al, you don't want to be here? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You're going to make $30 million. You know, it's probably about $8 million more than you should be making. Um, Your leadership can be replaced. I think maybe you're a somewhat underrated shot blocker in big spots. But you're not getting any younger. If somebody wants to sign you to a four-year deal and give you $30 million a year, you know, be my guest. Have fun. Enjoy your career. This is not necessarily me knocking you. This is kind of praising the kids that they have in place and saying, this isn't about Al Horford. The Celtics, Danny Ainge's plan, Al Horford was somebody that was brought in because Isaiah Thomas recruited him. You know, Al Horford was somebody that was brought in maybe to even just show the rest of the league that, hey, look, free agents do want to play in Boston. Free agents do want to come here. But Al Horford was never part of the original plan. Tatum, Brown, they were. Those Brooklyn picks, what they were going to turn into, that was the plan. They got two kids, they're still in diapers, but they've got, you know, they've got more experience than a lot of veterans in this league when it comes to playoff basketball, and even now when it comes to dealing with adversity with other superstar players. Think about just in the short time that Brown and Tatum have been in the league, what they've had to deal with. And it's a good experience. It's a good learning experience. But let's see if they've learned. But there's only one real way to find that out. And that's, you know what? Make this their team. This is their team. And I can't wait to watch it. And I'm, so I'm not panicking about the Celtics. I'm not. In fact, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying everything that's going on. You know, I'm kind of taking this. I'm taking the Patriots stance. You know, the New England Patriots, this they have set the they've they've laid down the groundwork, the blueprint, if you will, for championships in this town. And the way they handle business is simple. And I've I've told this story a million times. After the Randy Moss trade, I was covering the Patriots as a reporter, and I asked Wes Welka in the Patriots locker room the day after that trade, or two days after that trade, whenever it was. I said, Well, you know, what does it 
trading someone like Randy Moss, what does it what does it say? What's the message that is sent to this team? And Welka said, look, when you come in the building, there's a sign on the wall that says if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be. And it's that mindset that Bill Belichick has instilled in each and every one of those players that's ever stepped foot into that building. That is nobody here is better than anybody else. And the minute that you think it is, then see you later. And I don't know that Al Horford's sitting there pounding his chest going on better than everybody else, but obviously if you're going to opt out and then say we want this, we want that, we want more, when everybody thought you were going to be the good team player, veteran, leader, and say I'll take a little less to help us win right now, you know, when you're going to go that route, then it's like, hey, good luck, pal. See ya. We enjoyed your time here. I defended Al Horford a lot on this show. But there's defending Al Horford a lot to people that maybe don't don't see everything that he does. And then there's me wanting to just flip out that the Celtics aren't going to give Al Horford all the money in the world and, and a four-year contract. The Celtics are making the smart decision from a money standpoint and also from the standpoint where take a little pride in your organization. You're the Boston Celtics. Al Horford doesn't want to play for the Boston Celtics? Okay, good. Have fun in Dallas. Okay? Have fun. Have fun waving Mark Cuban's pom-poms. Right? Have fun Mark Cuban telling you stories about Shock Tank. Have fun there. You want to go to Houston? Have fun in Houston. Have fun losing in the second round. Have fun in the West. No, have fun in the West. That's a smart decision. Like, at some point, if you're the Celtics, you got to say, don't let the door hit you on the way out, and that's what I'm saying, and that's where I'm at. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. Goodbye. Goodbye. Because the kids that I want to see now take control of this franchise and this organization are the kids that Danny Ainge actually planned to be in this position when he made the trade with the Brooklyn Nets to get the Brooklyn picks that we talked about oh so much. And finally, the Brooklyn picks are two kids that I think could be superstars in this league. Let's see if that's the case. And I think there's only one way to find out, and that's saying, Al, see ya, Kyrie, goodbye. And that's where we stand this offseason with the Celtics. You want to sign somebody? You want to bring somebody in? Go for it. You want to bring Rosier back? I'm in. I'm in. But do, do not try to sit there and tell me that the Celtics are in an awful position. Because if you do tell me that, you are losing sight of the fact that the original plan is still in place. It is. And it could end up being a phenomenal plan. So uh, I just have a tough time getting all worked up about the Kyrie Horford stuff. I just do. I have a tough time getting worked up about it. Al Horford, you don't want to play for the Celtics? You know what? Good. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. So that's what we got with the C's. Uh, The NBA draft, it really wasn't. Did anything crazy happen? What we were looking for was number four overall. Because New Orleans made the Anthony Davis trade and they get the Lakers pick at number four. And I told you, I don't think they're going to make that pick. They're going to trade that pick. Um, I didn't think the Celtics were really going to get up there and they didn't. And New Orleans did trade the pick. They traded number four overall to Atlanta for number eight overall, number 17 overall, and number 35 overall. So they traded number four. They turned the number four overall pick to three picks. The two first-rounders and a second-rounder. You know, not bad. New Orleans is doing a nice job. They're doing a nice job. Some people saying Horford could sign with the Pelicans. <laughs> I mean, that would be a little nuts. 
But, you know, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Uh, but New Orleans has done a nice job. And Atlanta gets that number four overall pick. They take DeAndre Hunter at number four. But I think the first three picks went pretty much as everybody thought they would. Zion Williamson goes to New Orleans at number one overall. John Morant goes to Memphis at number two. Uh, R.J. Barrett goes to the Knicks at number three. I mean, who knows? R.J. Barrett could turn out to be the best player in this draft. He could. So could Romeo Langford. I don't know. Like, I know what type of talent Zion, Morant, Barrett. I we know what type of talent they have. People talking about the kid Garland. You know, might be a, a somebody sneaky that was taken early. That that could be a stud point guard out of Vanderbilt. But I mean, we really don't know. We really don't. Um, so let's see a playoff, but that's the way the draft went. Wasn't really all that exciting. It's just such a long night. You know, if you told me if you were going to give them just two and a half minutes in between picks, I'd be fine with that. What do they get? Five. I mean, the NFL is crazy. They're giving them 10 minutes. That's crazy. It's just a long night. And, and, you know, I'm kind of invested because the Celtics have multiple first round picks and they did make a couple trades. But with Twitter, like, if, if Twitter is good for anything, and I don't think it's good for a lot, but if it's good for anything, it's good for nights like last night. If you don't want to sit there and listen to every guy get picked and say, well, uh, let me tell you who this guy could be. This guy, we compare him to Jay Crawford. Like, I mean, it is just, we're going to compare him to Jalen Rose. We're going to compare him to Scottie Pippen, like, Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. It's nonstop. And it's just like, you know, Woj. I like reading Woj. You know, I like seeing his tweets. I don't like hearing him talk. I don't like watching him talk. Like, Twitter is good for very few things. A night like last night is one of the things it's great for. Following a draft. Maybe that's what Twitter's meant for. All right? Following news that is broken uh, at a high level, nonstop. But the draft, not not much crazy happened during the NBA draft last night. Uh, I did watch, and from a Celtics perspective, I didn't think they'd make four picks, but they did. I didn't think they'd trade Aaron Baines, but they did. I'm not really complaining about any of it. I'm not really going over the top praising them for anything. I just think it's about it's about the kids they drafted a couple years ago, Tatum and Brown. Let's see how that plays out. Let's see how it plays out. I'm actually excited for the Celtics season. I know not a lot of people are, but I'm excited for it. So anything else that happens around the NBA offseason, I'll react to it. I, I, you know, you look at the top free agents, and yeah, I mentioned Kyrie. Like, I still don't rule out that he goes to the Lakers, even though people talk about their salary cap stuff. I still don't rule it out. I don't rule it out. Brooklyn, to me, just doesn't make sense. That's what all the reports say, but it still doesn't make sense. I could still see Kyrie going to the Knicks. You know, you talk about Durant. Well, with the Achilles injury, he's going to miss most of next season. I just think it's a logical decision if you're Kevin Durant to just pick up your player option, just pick up the option on the final year with Golden State. What if you, let's say you don't play at all next year. And you just, uh, with Golden State, like, you mean to tell me that next summer the Knicks are not going to sign you? 
to the max contract that you're looking for? Of course they will. Of course they will. Someone's not going to sign you because you sat out of your... Durant's going to get his money. He's going to get his max contract. He should just pick up the option with Golden State. He, he does. He's an option, right? 30-something mil? Just, just pick it up. And you know what? Clay Thompson, he's got the ACL tear. He's not going to be out as long as Durant with the Achilles. So you could see Thompson next season at some point later in the season. But he's a free agent. I think if you're Golden State, you give him what he wants. Give him the max deal. I don't think Klay Thompson's going to leave. I don't. He's not leaving. Makes no sense for him to leave. Um, And then Kawhi Leonard, what's he going to do? I have no idea. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is, wow. Like, he's so, he's such a bizarre person that it's almost an act. It has to be, right? Like, that's kind of how I feel about him. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to... Because there are moments where I look at him, I see him talking to teammates after the championship. I'm like, oh, he he's not as strange as he makes it out to be. But then you see him, like, at the... <laughs> he's at the Toronto Blue Jays game, and they're giving him the standing ovation. There's literally people standing next to him, like spilling, you know, they got the, the cup of beer being held in between their elbow and their arm, and they're, you know, they're clapping. And they're literally spilling beer on him, and he's like, the whole building, standing ovation, he just puts up one finger like, like, are they, are they, are they cheering for me? Are they, are these people giving me a standing ovation? Like, it's just so weird. Where's he going to go? I have no idea. I think reports point to the Clippers, Right? And I don't know that that's even a knock on Toronto. I just think Kawhi Leonard, he got traded to Toronto. I think he might have already had his mind made up. Kind of like Kyrie. We're like, you know, I always tell you the Celtics, Kyrie never wanted to play for the Celtics. He was traded there. Kawhi Leonard never wanted to play for Toronto. He was traded there. These guys have their mind made up where they're going to sign in free agency based on where they want to live. If, if Kawhi Leonard wants to live in L.A., he's not going to go to the Lakers. Not even just for salary cap reasons. I'm just talking about, like, personnel. Kawhi and LeBron are, like, the same player. Like, it, that's just not going to happen. Those guys are not going to be on the same team. So you go to the Clippers. Because he wants to live in L.A. It could be as simple as that. And he might mean no disrespect to Toronto. That's just he's already had his mind made up. So I could see Kawhi going to the Clippers. But uh, anybody else, any other big names that I'm missing? I'm, I'm sure there's some uh, free agents that we just don't know where they're going. We'll have to wait and see. But anything that does happen in the NBA offseason, I will react to it. I'm also obviously now paying attention, a little more attention to the Major League Baseball season. And there was a wacky story that broke yesterday on Thursday in Major League Baseball. And that's... The Tampa Bay Rays are exploring the possibility of splitting games with Montreal. Like, they're going to do half the season in Tampa, the first half in Tampa, and then the second half of the season in Montreal. So, there have been rumors that they want to bring back the Montreal Expos. You know, do you just start a whole new organization? Or do you take an organization that might be not doing so well in their current city and move them to Montreal? And 
I don't know. I'm not sitting here saying you got to have a team in Montreal in Major League Baseball. I don't. I don't think you need to. I do not think you need to. I just think that's the hot topic. People like to have debates like this, and they think about it, and they think about nostal- the nostalgia effect. It's like what we do with uniforms in sports. Do you ever see like a team bring back an old uniform, or, or you hear people go, "Oh, they need to bring this uniform back," and like. In the current moment, like present, we look at that and go, oh, yeah, that would be cool. That was a cool-looking uniform. Why do we think it's cool now? Because of the nostalgia effect. Oh, reminds me of maybe better days. But when you were in the moment when they wore those uniforms, what were you saying about that uniform? You're like, oh, this uniform sucks. Oh, get a new uniform. Oh, these uniforms are terrible. Like the Patriots. I hear people all the time say, oh, they need to bring back, you know, Pat the Patriot, the white helmet with the red uniform. Maybe even wear the white jersey with the white helmet. Like the white jersey with the red pants and the white helmet. Pat the Patriot, bring them back. Man, I was really young when they wore those uniforms. But I still can kind of recall, even when they went to the the newer, like the Drew Bledsoe, Ty Law, Patriot uniforms with the the big uh, Patriots logo on the shoulder, and and they were kind of like a wacky like blue like hologram, you know, bright blue hologram jersey. I can remember people, you know, like my my father and and some of his friends. I can remember them going, oh, you know, these aren't great, but they're so much better than those other ones. Like, no, but. I, my what I get out of that is that nobody really liked the old ones until now where you you know 25 30 years later where you like the nostalgia effect it's like oh wow you know remember those unis they need to bring those back I think there's one in hockey who's bringing them back Vancouver right the Vancouver Canucks they're bringing back the old Pavel Bure uniforms for next year the the black and the orange the black and the reddish orange Canucks, like the 94 Cup Final Canucks when they lost to the Rangers, the Pavel Bure Canucks. And, uh, you know, I think you hear people going, oh, that's awesome. When they had those uniforms, though, at the time, like, did people like them? Did people really like them? It's just, it's the nostalgia effect. We do uniforms, and I think we're doing that now with, with, with franchises. Like, oh, the Montreal Expos. Remember them? The nostalgia effect. Oh, bring them back. You know, that could get old real quick, but people want to do it. And now it leads to a wacky idea. And the idea is that the Tampa Bay Rays are exploring the possibility of splitting the franchise with Montreal. Instead of giving Montreal their own franchise, they're going to split the Tampa franchise with the Expos franchise. And some people, you know, people get creative on social media. They call them the X-Rays, right? The... The Montreal Bay X-Rays. I Look, it is a dumb idea, okay? It's dumb. It's stupid. The only thing I can think of as to why they're talking about this, why this is even up for debate or discussion, knowing it's stupidity, the only reason I can think we're even talking about this is because they actually want to make the push to move a team to Montreal for good. And they want to take the Tampa Bay organization to do it. 
They don't want to just start a new franchise. They want to take the raise and they want to say, Tampa, thanks, but we got to move the, the, we're going to then, not only are we doing half seasons in Montreal, we're going to do a full season. We're taking the whole team from you. All right. And my advice would be to Major League Baseball, don't go halfsies. Don't do halfsies. Don't do it. It's stupid. You either go one or the other. You either keep the team in Tampa Bay and just make sure that Montreal is just nothing more than a nostalgic dream, or you take the Tampa Bay organization and you say, we are moving you guys to Montreal. That's it. Because if you're going to split the games, honestly, I feel if you're going to do that, I'll feel bad for the players, and I'll feel bad for the fans. And I know people say, well, the fans. I mean, what are the Tampa Bay fans? We do that. We see empty buildings. We see Tropicana. The trap is always empty, right? Unless it gets late in the season and they're a good team and they get to the playoffs, that place could be rocking. We've seen it. We've seen the trap rocking in playoff games when they're good. They're not always good, but when they are, we've seen that place rocking. And so you can make a joke about, oh, they're fans, really? What do they have, 10 fans? Well, it might look like that on TV, but I can guarantee you they have a lot more fans than that, all right? Just because they're not going to the game every night doesn't mean there aren't people sitting at home who love the Tampa Bay Rays, who live and die by the Tampa Bay Rays. There are people like that. Don't be, you know, don't be foolish. You know, don't don't be an asshole. I get it. They don't get the attendance that the Red Sox or the Yankees do. But there are still a lot of people that that are diehard Rays fans. There are. And I feel bad for those fans if they're going to then take the team in the second half of the season and say, we're moving them to Montreal. I'm also going to feel bad for the players. Like, where do you where do you live? Like, you got to have... Not only do you now have to have two homes, you got to have three homes? Like... You know, you got to have your home home wherever you live in the offseason. You got to have your home during the season. And then you got to have, so now you got to have two in season homes along with your offseason home. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. And I don't think you could do that to the Tampa fan base and say, we're only going to give you the first half of the season and, and vice versa. If you were to say, well, we'll do the first half of the season in Montreal, second half of the season in Tampa, you can't do that to the Montreal fan base. You either go all in on one or don't go in at all. That's what you need to do. So this idea that they're going to split time during a season is dumb. It is stupid. I can't even believe we're having a conversation about it. I can't. If, you know, if you're telling me they are going halfsies and there's nothing we can do about it, there's nothing anyone can do about it. I'll tell you, one, it's stupid. But if, you, if you're going to do it and you're making them do it, then you can't do half and half. You know, you gotta you gotta really split it up. You gotta go like month by month. You do. You gotta go month by month. You can't just take a team away from a fan base for the for the second half of the season, especially if they're good. Now I don't know if they'll be good, but let's say they are. You're just gonna rip them away? Come on. It's stupid. That's stupid. And then if you do it the way month to month, then it gets really bad for the players as well. So it's just an all-around dumb idea. If you want to move the team to Montreal, move the team to Montreal. Okay? Just do it. Just move the team to Montreal. But I actually, I'm okay if they don't. What are we doing now? Everybody just... Yeah, Toronto won the NBA championship, so now you know Canada's got to have everything. I mean, come on. Enough. Enough. If they want to stay in Tampa, stay in Tampa. 
I'm fine with it. I'm just fine with it. But do not split the season. That's dumb. It is dumb. Uh, another thing that's... and Maybe I shouldn't say it's dumb. Because for one team, it's very smart. Maybe for, for another team, it's dumb. It was a major trade last weekend that I did not get to on Monday's show. It was made late last week. The New York Yankees traded for Edwin Encarnacion. The American League leader in home runs, as I record this, with 23. You know, he's now he's now walking the parrot in the Bronx. Somebody that I wanted the Red Sox to acquire a couple years ago. The Seattle Mariners traded the American League home run leader in Edwin Encarnacion to the New York Yankees for cash considerations and minor league pitcher Juan Then. Now, do I know what this minor league pitcher is going to be? I have no idea. What's he, 19 or something? I don't know. Is he even a top prospect? No clue. But that's it? That's it? A prospect and cash considerations for the American League home run leader? Like, is nobody else going, I don't, I don't get it. Why didn't Seattle get more than this? I'm very confused by it. I'm not going to lie. I'm very confused. People say, oh, the Yankees don't need offense. They need pitching. It's like, well, I know. You're going to have the top dogs uh, coming back from injury. But, I mean, it's a long season. Somebody else gets injured. That's going to look like a genius move. And, and you, can never have, you can never have too many American League home run leaders, can you? So, I mean, it's not like the Yankees are in such a terrible spot now that they made this move and they have too many offensive players. Please. That's not my concern about this trade. My concern about this trade is that, like, that's all Seattle got for the American League home run leader? I'm very confused by that. I I know we've had a lot of stuff going on with with playoff basketball, playoff hockey, and now NBA offseason craziness. But, man, I don't understand that trade. I really don't. I don't understand it for the life of me. But, uh... You know, as the summer rolls along, uh, we'll obviously, and as we get closer to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, um, I will react to what the Red Sox do, what the Yankees do, what some of the major moves are around the league, as we will dive into Major League Baseball a little bit more in-depth coming up very soon. But the NBA offseason, it's always an interesting one. And the Celtics, we think, especially freeing up more cap space on draft night, Who knows how involved they are going to be uh, with some free agents or even maybe some potential trades. Whatever happens, I'll react to it. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere. Podcasts are available. Follow me on all forms of social media, but I really use Twitter more than anything, at Danny Picard. I guess on Instagram if you want, also at Danny Picard. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hopefully, we got a couple beach days here in New England this weekend. I am out. Talk to you on Monday. Monday.